What's going on, everybody? This is Heath, and I'm here with Steven, and this is Tillman's Corner Sports Talk. I hope all y'all had a great New Year's weekend. A lot of great football, Steven. A lot of good stuff. I'm back in person. Glad to be back. Yeah. Haven't seen these other since last year. <laughs> that was a good one. Old joke. Everybody. That was a good one. I have a little <laughs> cough, so if you hear me cough during the episode, I apologize. But we don't have any local shout-outs. We're just going to jump right into it. Steven, last night, this is – this is tough. This is one of the toughest things I've ever seen in sports. Last night, Monday Night Football, Bengals and Bills, biggest game in the NFL this year. I mean, it's the first time two teams with those records have played on Monday Night Football in, I think, 40 years. It was a big game. Yeah. And do you want to go ahead and take it? Or you yeah, so – and I don't even think – I wasn't watching it at the time. Um, we had – my, me and my family went to Bellingraph Gardens, look at all the lights, and then we got back and was eating and showering, all that stuff. And um, it was actually a group message. We were going back and forth, a uh, bunch of us guys, about going over our fantasy league, all that stuff. And one of them mentioned um, something. I can't remember the exact text, but mentioned a guy getting hurt in the game and that he was having to be CPR or something like that. So that I flipped it over. Um, to pull it up, see what was going on. Obviously, they're not going to show any close-up shots. It's all they're showing the players and the, uh, the fans, and then obviously, eventually, they just uh, went away from the game completely and then to like a studio. I think maybe it was Adam Schefter and some other um, people. But anyway, so if you haven't seen it, I'm sure, you know, even if you don't follow sports all the time, you had to have seen something. Um, so basically, Bengals are on offense. Joe Burrow throws a pass to T. Higgins. T. Higgins is running. Um, he this the uh, Bills safety Demar uh, Hamlin comes up to make a tackle. It's not a, it's not an egregious tackle. Nothing dirty. Nothing. Um, you see it every every football game. Every single football game. Uh, the safety gets up. Demar gets up. Kind of adjusts his face mask and then just literally just collapses. Falls straight back on his butt. His head snaps back. Um, Obviously, we didn't see it live, but I'm sure everybody's like, you know, kind of wondering, like, what's going on? And that medical personnel rush out, and everybody's surrounding him. They're trying to get him taken care of. And then come to find out, they actually had to administer CPR on the field because, and they released, it might have been last night, I saw it today, that he, he experienced cardiac arrest on the field during the middle of the game. And so they had to basically, they had to revive him because they had, Administer CPR, all the details that go into that, and bring him back. Yeah, I was told that they, you know, you see it in a lot of movies where they got to, if your heart starts beating, they shock you back. They had to, yeah, those pads. Or, yeah, uh, they had to, infibulator, I think is what it's called, maybe? They had to shock. Defibrillator, defib- defib- yeah. defib- I believe. Whatever it is, they had to shock him back to life. And like you said, I wasn't watching it live. I was at some friend's house eating hibachi, and then the, Group text started blowing up, dude. What happened to this guy? I started getting texts. I'm like, what's going on? So I looked on social media, and man, I, I I've never seen nothing like it. You know, you see injuries all the time, and see concussions. And yeah, stuff. but to to the reaction on the player's face, man, when you see a bunch of grown men crying on both teams, crying and in disbelief, and they built a wall. I watched it till like. 10, 30, even after they canceled, I watched all the, you know, all the post games just trying to get some information. Yeah, because they went ahead and they canceled the game. Or they, post, they postponed the game postponed the for game. like an hour. And then 
officially canceled it they for the night. They officially canceled it. And that's not like the NFL. The NFL normally doesn't do stuff like that, but they canceled it. They built a wall around the guy. And to see your teammates sitting there laying on the ground, breathless, he didn't have a heartbeat. And I want to commend the medical people that were there. Yeah. If they hadn't have acted – from what everybody said today, if they wouldn't have acted as quickly as they did and started at CPR immediately, and I'm not even sure how you could do CPR when he's got his pads on and his helmet. I mean, I'm sure they had to rip his helmet off, rip his pads off. Cut through his pads. Maybe. Cut through his pads and sure. start CPR and then everything they did and then rush him over. But just prayers for him and his family. It, it's When stuff like this happens, sports become, it's more than sports, man. It's, it's – yeah. uh, you hate to see it because that is somebody's brother, that's somebody's son, I don't husband, husband. I he, he I, might I'm not sure if he's married. I don't know if he has a kid, but that's somebody's child, and you just never want to see it, especially in you know a sport that you love. Yeah, it was um pretty pretty crazy. Uh, I know everybody. It's, it's it's crazy when when stuff like that happens, but. Everybody does, I feel like, for the most part, does a good job of joining, you know, like, hey, we're just sitting about rivalries and this isn't about going against each other anymore. This is about a person. Something cool that I actually saw is everybody in the stands, Bengals and Bills, it was a section, like somebody stood up and they all started saying the Lord's Prayer. Like a person started saying it. Yeah, and everybody was repeating after our Father who art in heaven. And I was like, you know, that's cool. And at times like this, everybody, you know, prayers, prayers, prayers. But this guy really needs it. Like, so right now, he's in an induced coma pretty much. Yeah, they, medically induced coma. They put coma. him to sleep. And he's he's fighting for his life right now. And hopefully for him, like I said, he's he's younger than me. Yeah, so I think I, he's, he's only 24. 24. Yeah. Young so, guys. Really a, young, man. Really a, just a, a freak accident. Yeah, I mean, if you watch never the seen if you watch the play, the only thing I can think of is again nothing dirty, but you know, T. Higgins kind of threw his shoulder into the defender, something you see all the time. But maybe his shoulder it did hit him in the chest. Something kind of jolted his chest to. Yeah. I, I don't know, just really, really weird, uh, crazy, crazy um, injury accident. His and, name's Demar Hamlin. So yeah, if you're listening, lift him up in prayer. Hopefully. We've been posting a lot. Pretty much, if you've been on social media any, from last night all the way to today, I'm sure you've seen somebody. Just say a pr- quick prayer for him. Something cool. This is his second year in the league. He was a six-round pick. They don't get paid a whole lot. But when he was in college in 2020, he started a, a GoFundMe to raise – his goal was 2500 to raise money for toys for his kid, for the kids in his community. That was at $2,500 last night. As of right now – it's at $4.5 million. Yeah. So, and that's amazing how everybody's rallied. Every team has, you know, put their Twitter icon as a picture of this guy, and people are donating money to his calls and just continue to lift him up in prayers because that's really all, that's what he needs right now. Yeah, yeah, huge topic. Um, again, he's going to, he's not, he's not better right now. He's, 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 he's fighting. He's fighting. Um, obviously, he's in better care because he's in a hospital. They're monitoring him. So, um, you know, it's going to be kind of – it's going to be hard to come back. I mean, players, coaches having to see that. I don't know how you come back. And even – even 
even T. Higgins, like obviously he didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't. He's he, been getting death threats. Yeah, I mean people obviously people on social media have been commenting. You know these, I'll just say losers that are, are just wanting to tear somebody. Like there was nothing dirty about what he did. There was nothing egregious. He wasn't like it was a football play. It was it was purely football, a freak accident. Um, but even them, you know, you know, it's got to be hard for him, even though he did absolutely nothing wrong at all. Yeah, in in life, people, excuse me, people, when something freaky or fluky happens, people have to, they people's brains are wired to figure out what what why it happened and whose fault it was. It honest, honestly, got it was nobody's fault. It was a freak accident. I don't know if it's ever happened. Somebody going into cardiac arrest, I've never heard of it. But like I said, it was just a freak accident. It wasn't nobody's fault, and you mentioned it. Let's hit on it just a little bit. You know, I'm not sure what they can do. This this game meant a lot to the NFL playoffs and stuff. Yeah. And they have came out and said they're not playing the game this week. They and canceled and the game. I don't know how you would. The only thing I could think is because the Pro Bowl is in between the Super Bowl and the Conference Championships. They get rid of the Pro Bowl, put it behind the Super Bowl. You could slide all the playups back a week or slide all the playoff matchups back a week and then maybe fit that game in like in two weeks from now. Yeah. Or I saw something that they both could just do it as a tie. Yeah, because I don't know. It would affect the Bills because the Bills are number one seed. If they would have won, they would have clinched home field advantage in the number one seed. But if it's a tie – the Chiefs become the number one seed. So, I don't know. It's it's tough. There, yeah, there That's is. Why Roger Goodell makes like sixty million. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> there, on the football side of it, there are tough decisions. But at the end of the day, and, and even you know, I'm sure everybody saw it. Uh, Skip Bayless's tweet um, about, and that's, not to talk too much about it. And oh, I just had the tweet. So during the middle of the, and everybody's tweeting like during this happening while they're still on the field and he's he puts out a tweet that says no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game but how this late in the season a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome which suddenly suddenly seems so irrelevant so he said you know this is crucial to the outcome of the NFL season but then he ended it with it does seem irrelevant because this is somebody's life a lot, of, a lot of people went after him saying, um, "You're not." And it, again, it was in the emotion of everything, saying that, uh, "Who cares about football? This is somebody's life. This is somebody's. This is a human being." Um, I didn't have a huge problem with what he said because, I mean, football-wise, yes, that it is. How do you handle it? And then especially the fact that he seen, ended it with, you know, it seems so irrelevant because it is irrelevant at the end of the day. This is somebody, this is a human being. They made the right call by postponing the game. So I didn't have a huge problem with his tweet like a lot of people. Yeah, I didn't either. And kind of wrapping this up, and we're going to take a quick break after this. Like you said, people want somebody to blame. He was an easy scapegoat. Usually he is. Yeah, he he, he if you just follow him on Twitter, he's not very bright. But prayers for DeMar, man. Seriously, I hope he pulls through. Prayers for the Bills, the Bengals, everybody, in the, even in the stands. It, it, that's just something you don't want to see, somebody having to get CPR. You pay money to come watch a great game, and then it ended with somebody getting CPR and literally fighting for their life. So prayers for him, prayers for his family, prayers for everybody involved. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, prayers up to him. Hopefully he makes a 
full recovery. I don't know, you know, yeah. when that'll, that that road to recovery will start, hopefully soon. But hopefully, you know, wisdom to the doctors, yeah. um, patience with his family, and just uh, pray that God's with them. But I want to take a quick break, come back, and look at some of the uh, bowl games that we uh, did predictions on, some surprises, I would say. And then we're going to look at the college football playoffs and then the national championship. All right, we're back. We're going to look at the bowl games um, from this past week and um, somewhere actually after New Year. So first game on the, on the list here, Notre Dame beats South Carolina. Now this was a not a, a shock, but disappointing because South Carolina jumped out to a 21-3 lead, I believe it was, 21-3, to 21-7. 21-7. It was a double-digit lead. Now it was early, but still, you jump out to a double-digit lead. Now I know South Carolina had tons of players out. Most people do, but double-digit lead, Notre Dame ends up beating them 45-38. to 38. You can't let that happen. No, you can't let it happen. Like you said, they had a lot of guys out. They had some guys playing both ways. I saw one play. They're literally throwing a 30-yard pass downfield to a defensive lineman, and it wasn't even like a trick play. It was yeah. like a legit – he was playing tight end. But, yeah, yeah they, they should have won. And the next game is Tennessee, the Orange Bowl, Tennessee – Pretty much blasted this, Clemson. This was a little bit of a surprise. It was a surprise. And if you look at the stats, you're like, well, how'd they beat him so bad? Clemson ran over 100 plays. Man, that's a, that's insanity. But Tennessee scored when they got in the red zone. Clemson turned it over on downs. Joe Milton looked pretty good. Clay, Cade Klubnick didn't look too great. Yeah, that, that's what's kind of funny to me is a lot of Clemson fans, people have been calling for Klubnick for pretty much the whole season. Ulanga Lele leaves. So, Klubnik is the starter, and then against the Tennessee defense, who really statistically isn't very good. They have their moments, but they're just not a good overall defense the whole season. Now, a lot of that has to do with their offense going so fast, but statistically not a good defense. They only put up 14 points. Joe Milton, I know he's a senior, but I'm pretty sure he can come back because of the COVID. Yeah, he's, he's coming back. Yeah, he has a cannon. He can throw it probably 80 yards, I bet. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know if there'll be much drop drop off. They'll be still very high powered offense as they show uh, showed. Next game won't spend a lot of time on because it was a beat down. LSU beat Purdue, demolished Purdue sixty three to seven. We predicted LSU to win. Yeah, that's a not that much. I think they set a record for rushing touchdowns. Well, that's an absolute. I don't know beat they, down. Yeah, I mean that's like just that's bending somebody over a barrel. That's an absolute beat down. Next game, oh, on that game, poor Drew Brees, yeah, interim head coach to get B six thirty seven. Next game, Rose Bowl, Penn State beats Utah. This game was kind of surprising. I'm a big Utah guy. They let me down. Not surprising. They let me down. I think Cam Rising got hurt late or in the mid third quarter when it was a close game. Did so Penn, Penn State was actually sneaky good this year. They only lost to Michigan and Ohio State two playoffs. Yeah, only two games. Uh, next game, Mississippi State. Uh, the first game without Mike Leach, they beat Illinois nineteen to ten. Not a high scoring game, but Mississippi State pulls it. Out. It was actually thirteen to ten, and Mississippi State scored the last, uh, like literally last second touchdown, only because of Illinois was like doing laterals to try to win, and they picked you know picked it up and ran it back. But Mississippi State wins nineteen to ten. Good for them. I think both of us. Yeah, we both did Mississippi State. Yeah. yeah. Next game, uh, this one was a surprise only because – so this one's Tulane beat USC 46-45. We thought Caleb Williams was – Not playing. Not playing. And that's the reason I picked 
Tulane to upset USC. And then you texted me and said, hey, Caleb Williams is playing. So I was like, oh, well, I got that wrong, but no. So did you see the last play that uh, won it for him? Yeah. I. Which one? The, for Tulane, they, they threw it in. They caught it incomplete. Oh, yeah, yeah I did. I did. Touchdown. I, so when I looked, I get the updates on my phone. USC was winning like 45 to, I believe, like 31. It was a 14 or 15-point game. Tulane scores the ball with like – scores the touchdown with like four minutes left. It, it's in it. Then it's a six-point – or no. Makes it an eight-point game. They kick it off. The guy fumbles the kickoff. They get the ball at the one. Get a safety. So, that makes it a six-point game. Kick it back to Tulane. Tulane goes down there and scores a touchdown. So, Caleb <laughs> Williams theoretically leaves the field, scores a touchdown up 15. When he gets the ball back, he has no timeouts. 20 seconds, and they're down one. Their defense is atrocious. Yeah, and that's really, you know, Lincoln Riley, all the years at Oklahoma, and this year at USC, he's never had good defenses as a head coach, ever. He figure it out. I don't know why he keeps his defensive coordinator. I, I know we didn't want to spend a lot of time. Why does he keep that guy? I mean, his defenses are trash. He's and had really, him at Oklahoma like two, three years. Now USC's trash. You don't even have to be a good – you don't have to be a top defense. You just have to be middle – yeah. You just have to be average. The pack. And you're going to win. I mean, they did win a lot of games this year, but the big games, you just have to be average and then your uh, offense score enough points. Yep. And scored 45 points. Next game, Stephen, Alabama beat K State 45 20. Wasn't looking good to start. It was the, not. It's a, the score, the game was a lot closer than the score indicates. Should have been. I mean, Kansas yeah. State, you could say, outplayed Alabama in the first half. Very easy. Yeah, for sure, first quarter, but probably even yeah. I mean, half. Kansas State. Let's see, it was it was ten nothing. Alabama scored two touchdowns. Kansas State went on a twelve, like a twelve minute drive in the second quarter, and instead of kicking a field goal at the, it was like fourth and two at the two yard, fourth and goal at the two yard line. Instead of kicking a field goal, making it fourteen thirteen, went for it, had the guy open, terrible throw, and then Alabama goes down there, fast break scores, and then gets the ball out of half, and then. Scores. Yeah, that, that's bad. The 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 last few minutes of the half changed the game because, like you said, they had a. I mean, it was a drive that I think I said I was like it's probably the worst one of the worst defensive drives Alabama's had because they were multiple third and eight, third and eleven third converted, and 11. one converted because of penalty, you know, just breakdowns on defense, blown coverages, and even the fourth and two, you know. They had Will Anderson. I know he's athletic. I know he's a freak. He's not a coverage guy. He's a go-get-the-quarterback guy. He's a run-stuffer guy. He's a on-the-line-of-scrimmage guy. I mean, he's not a cover-a-tight-end-out-in-the-flat cover guy. He falls down, yeah, and, the guy, and the guy had him wide open, missed the throw, luckily. Um, and then even, you know, Alabama wasn't going to go down and try to score a touchdown, but Jameer Gibbs busted like a – 20-yard run, 25-yard run to get them out from behind and from, on, in their own end zone. Honestly, if Kansas State didn't call a timeout after first down. I, they were going to run the clock they were out. They going to run the clock out. But, you know, hey, good win by Bama. This game really didn't do much. Maybe nah. some guys got practice time. But a lot of the guys that was making the big plays were guys that's not going to be there next year. Brian Branch, monster game. Bryce Young Huge game, yeah. did his thing. Jermaine Burton, everybody's hyped. Ooh, Jermaine Burton, that's what I like to see. You know, 
this page we follow, put out a thing talking about Jermaine Burton. His last four games were phenomenal. He's the next great. He had like 18 catches. Yeah, but who would play last yards. four games? I'm like, dude, if you if you extend those numbers, it's Austin like P. he had like he was averaging 60 cent yards a game, four or five catches and half a touchdown. I'm like, woo, that. You know, yeah, that I mean, I'm glad to see him finally job, step buddy. up. He finally had a good game against good competition. Every time he catches a touchdown, he wants to just stare somebody down. Yeah, like, dude, get off the field. Go go find some chick to smack. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so, that's a joke. <laughs> he actually did address that. Did you? He finally addressed it. Was it after the game or leading up to the game? I don't know. He just he said he said he's coming. He is going to come back next year. He said he wants to come back to be a leader. Well, he. Did. Well, I'm just gonna say. I'm if, just gonna say look, this. If he didn't ball out with Bryce Young. Hmm. Maybe interesting to ball yeah. out with Jay, Jay Milrow. Now, I will say there were several times this year, and even in the game before they – especially in the first quarter, the whole team was sleepwalking. Bryce was missing a lot of guys. Um, they weren't on the same page. Burton was open multiple times. Bryce just missed them. They finally connected. But, yeah, it would be interesting to see, I don't know, what he does next year. Got a lot of guys leaving. We'll hit on that later. Kind of have some stuff to talk about in the offseason. Uh, we'll take a quick break again. Come back and talk about the college football playoff games. Some pretty big surprises, well, at least you know in the one game. Uh, and then we'll highlight the national championship and give our predictions. All right, we're back. We're going to look at the college football playoffs. I guess let's go ahead and start off with the earlier game. This one was surprising. TCU beats Michigan 51-45. to 45. Steven, and I want to say something. I don't like tooting our own horns, but I feel like as far as Alabama fans, me and you were on the outside from a lot of Alabama fans' perspective, a lot of people said TCU did not deserve to be in. I right. think this victory proves they deserved it. Because the only argument for Alabama being in was that everybody was like, oh, yeah, the other three teams should be in, but not TCU. You want to know something funny? A lot of people, after Alabama whooped Kansas State, a lot of people were posting, oh, I, Alabama, I knew Alabama deserved to be in. I didn't see one single person post that Alabama deserved to be in. After TCU beat Michigan, I didn't see it. And here, if you want to say something stupid like, well, Kansas State beat TCU, so Alabama beat Kansas State, that means we beat them. I want you to understand something real quick. Alabama, Stephen, I'm going to ask you a question. Did did Tennessee beat Alabama? Yes, they did. Did South Carolina beat Tennessee? Yes, they did. Did Notre Dame beat South Carolina? Yes, they did. Did Marshall beat Notre Dame? (laughs) Yes, they did. So you're telling me Notre Dame's going to beat Alabama? <laughs> it doesn't work like that because every single game is different. Yeah, you can't play the they beat them, so we beat them. So that means we you can't play that game. Um, like you said, every game's different. Um, this game was wild. TCU played their hearts out, and I think they, they played so so hard. Um, it was fun seeing, uh, even though they they put up 45 points. McCarthy 
what was it, McCarthy? Yeah, old, old threw, McCarthy, hey. He threw two pick sixes. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Look, when you want to talk that talk the talk, you better get ready to walk the walk. He was talking to Smack. Oh, they didn't even – they was not prepared to play TCU. He wants to say, oh, I'd love to play Ohio State again. I'd love to play Georgia. Dude, you better worry about playing TCU because they just whooped your butt. And I think what surprised me and maybe you and a lot of other people, a lot of – everybody said Michigan's advantage was going to be on the line of scrimmages and they were more physical. Dude, TCU, they were thumping. I mean, they were – after the – okay, the first play of the game, I'm not going to lie, I was sitting with Mr. Day or – David and Mr. Jeff, Michigan breaks a 60-yard run, and I'm just like, oh, my God, they're about to get blown out. And then after that, dude, they started absolutely thumping, and it was a great game. From an Alabama fan's perspective, with our team not being in, those were both incredible games. We posted something on Instagram asking, was it the most exciting college football playoff semifinals? Both games, every, every single person that voted said yes, and we asked everybody, is it the biggest upset? in college football playoff history. A lot of people said yes. The only ones that didn't say yes said Ohio State beating Alabama in that first yeah. playoff. Yeah, I mean, this was uh, – I'm looking at the stats here. Again, both teams put up big numbers, a lot of points. But like you said, it's the way Michigan could not – They couldn't run, run the ball and TCU could. I mean, they had what – was the, what was the first run? How long was that? I was like 50, 50 like yards, 57, 54 or yards. So Michigan as a team ran for 186 yards. Okay, take away 50 yards, 136 yards. That's not a lot compared to how much Michigan runs for on a regular basis. What did you say it was? So, so 136 divided no, by 39. Yeah. They averaged 3.4 yeah. yards a carry. That's so less than good. four yards per carry. I mean, and I think both of us thought – I thought TCU had a chance because they're in the game. I mean, but I didn't. I thought Michigan would overpower them. I thought they'd be more physical. I think Michigan kind of slept walk into this. They listened to that rat poison, as Coach Saban likes to say. They watched that rat poison. They ate it, and it got them. Um, and Mac, the crazy thing was Max Duggan. Max Duggan, Heisman finalist. He didn't. <laughs> apologize. He apologized. Uh, he didn't play great. No, he was under fifty percent throwing. Through two picks, one pick wasn't his fault. Yeah, now there, yeah, like there were a few drop passes or hit him off the chest and that type of stuff. TCU but, has a stud receiver, Johnston or Johnson, yeah, Quentin Johnston. Six catches, one hundred sixty-three yards, one touchdown. But this game was awesome. I mean, it was so exciting to watch him. I'm really excited for TCU. I really am. I was happy for him. They answered the call, and I tell you what. Their offensive coordinator, hey, Alabama, hey. Nick Saban, I'll be your agent. Come on, hey, we need you, buddy. What you could do with Jalen Milrow as the quarterback run scheme would be incredible. Yeah, if he's a start. I know a lot of people don't want him, but, um, yeah, I mean, just he, he's so good as a coordinator. I think no matter who his quarterback is, he could figure out a way to use them. Uh, definitely surprised. I think both of us picked Michigan. Um, yeah, we did, but we – to our credit, I say to our credit, we both thought it was going to be a close game. Yeah. I think the spread was six and a half. We both had it fairly close. I just thought Michigan would kind of pull away late. I did say the, one of the keys to the game would be who jumped out quicker and TCU jumped out quick. Boom, pick six, quick touchdown. Yeah. So and big. really, and TCU jumped out. It was a double-digit lead 
Yeah, it was. It, it was, was. 2110 at half. Yeah. Or 21-6. 21-6 at half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 21-6 at half. I um, mean, credit to Michigan for fighting back. It just, just wasn't enough. And then to oh, lose. Let's, let's, let's say this about the referees. Those referees, it was the same clowns that called the Tennessee and Alabama game. They ought to, in their SEC refs, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. They are atrocious. This is how bad they are. Max Duggan throws a pick. Michigan is down at TCU's 49. They give Michigan the ball at Michigan's 49, so they lose two yards. Next play, they throw a bomb. They say the guy's down at the half-inch line. Clearly a touchdown. He was bobbling the ball. Yeah. Should have been clearly a touchdown. If they would have had the two yards, it clearly would have been a touchdown. And the very next, next play, play, they fumble. Michigan fumbles TCU. Yeah, that was just that was a terrible call, especially if you called it. They because they originally called it a touchdown. They go to look at it, and you know even the commentators are like, "Oh, you can't overturn that." Matt, you know, I think it was Matt Austin. They bring in the rules analyst, the rules expert. They're a joke too. Which they're not always the brightest, but. Um and he comes in like, oh, yeah, you can't – that's a touchdown. You can't ever – because he's bobbling at first. By the time he gets possession, the ball's in the end zone, touchdown. I think everybody watching it is like, yeah, it's a touchdown. You can't ever turn that. Not enough evidence. And they come out of there, the ball's down at the half-yard line or whatever they, you know, what the call was. I'm like, you've got – that was and – and, again, normally that wouldn't matter that much because you think first and goal from the half-yard line, they're going to punch it in. But you see how one call can change a game because he fumbled on the very, like literally the very next play. They, there was a bad exchange, and the quarterback might not have even got the ball. I can't remember. It Some, was a, yeah, it was a bad handoff. Bad handoff. TCU gets it. And, yeah. The, and then the way that they lost <laughs> the last play of the game, it was a, uh, let's cue it up. Can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> so, I th- I think they were going to throw a Hail Mary. It would have been it would have been like a 60-yard wasn't it at the 40, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. No, I'm there ain't no remember. way he could there ain't no way JJ could have thrown a Hail Mary from that far. Um that one where he threw it slide, the game was a 55-yarder on a rope that he threw. Well, maybe he could. But anyway, there's the last play the of the game. First. Yeah. His <laughs> last play of the game. I don't know whose fault it was. I think it was the quarterback's fault cuz everybody moved when the ball it wasn't like you know, typically you can tell it's the center's fault when it's snapped and nobody else is moving because they're not expecting it. I think everybody else moved. So, like, on the last play of the game, they're about to try, let's just say it was a Hail Mary or maybe it's like a lateral or something. You know, the ball is snapped and the quarterback's not even looking for it, so the ball gets kind of knocked around and they fall out. Last play of the game, the way they end their playoff game is by a bad snap. You know, just I'm going to say it was on the quarterback. So, two pick sixes. I don't know what he was looking at. I think he did, he just looked away as the ball was being snapped. Maybe it was the center's fault. I'm not. I don't know. But uh, definitely a, lot, a horrible. A lot of people was wanting targeting. I mean, I guess if you want to be technical, it could have been targeting. But I I saw it as he was getting he, slung into him and yeah, which he never the the TCU player never should have even put himself like the guy's going to the ground already. The game is over. Just stand there, watch him go to the ground, and go be victorious and go to the national championship. Should have never done that. But moving on to the the what we said was the real national championship. Georgia defeats Ohio State forty two to forty one. Two years in a row, 
God. Georgia, I don't want to say been bailed out, but they have greatly, greatly benefited from the other team's star receiver being injured and getting hurt. And really multiple. So, and I know, you know, this sounds like we're being grumpy Alabama fans, but last year, John Medgie didn't play at all. But Jamison Williams, he goes down, and I can't remember. I think it might have been second quarter. Um, he goes down. Game changes dramatically when he goes down. This year, Marvin Harrison Jr. is destroying them. I think he had – there was a time that there was a lull and he didn't have anything for a while, but he's still, he's still affecting the defense, whether he's getting the ball or not. Yeah, I want to call And so – he gets he goes out with a it's probably a concussion. Um, you think? He, yeah, he yeah. Go, he goes out and then doesn't come back in, and then really even Ohio State lost their top tight end who was a good pass Kate catching. Ten, yeah, he was a good pass catching. That was on like what the first drive, second drive. Um, and you know Georgia pulls it off, and re, and Georgia, Ohio State still had a chance, and the kicker just. A shank of all. I mean, I know it was a fifty-two yard, but it wasn't like 50, it was fifty yard or fifty yard. Yeah. It wasn't like it was just a little bit off. Like that was the shank of all shanks. That it's could what, that could have been one kick. foot, yeah. and the goal could have been one foot in front of him. He's no one to made that thing. Is one of the worst kicks I've ever seen. And I want to comment on what Stephen said about Marvin Harrison going out because I was listening to the Paul Falmon show today, and he's Paul Falmon said, "Oh, you really think it made that big of a difference? The guy who didn't have a catch in the second and third. Listen here, low IQ Paul Fine Mom. Football yeah. IQ. Worry about putting some hair let me, on your head. Let me let me tell you this, buddy. You know the reason he didn't have a catch in the second or third quarter? Georgia was double teaming him the entire time. So which, which you know how up football works. If you double team this guy, that means another guy is going to be open and eat. So Marvin Harrison goes for five catches, 106 yards, and two touchdowns in like a quarter and a half. They flip it, stop playing man-to-man on him, double-team him. Emeka Abuka goes for eight catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown when they're double-teaming Marvin. So Marvin goes out, and listen, they said it wasn't targeting. I'll give you that, but it's still personal foul. It hit on a defenseless receiver. I mean, the dude just freaking creamed him. I mean, what the crap? I mean, the dude's looking up for the ball. As soon as it hits him, he gets tattooed. That's personal foul. Anyways, it ticks me off because – Ohio State should have won the game. All you, it was an eleven point game. If they would have gave him that personal foul, it would have been first and goal at the two. They would have scored a touchdown. That's ball game. Say what you want. Listen, give Stetson Bennett credit. And here's another thing that really ticks me off: Stetson Bennett. What if I told you that Stetson Bennett is older than Justin Herbert, and this dude is out there flexing on kids? He's yeah. older than me, and I'm you're, 25. You're 26 years old. I mean, imagine. Imagine. I mean, just can you even fathom? Tua has been out of the league. I mean, been out of college for three years. Imagine if you saw Justin Herbert out there on Georgia. Justin Herbert, who's been in the league three years, out there flexing. Dude, you're a grown man. Kirby Smart eviscerated him after the game, said he wants to – He's not trying to play inside the scheme and you lose football games like that. And they wanted to see, he wanted him to show a little maturity towards the end of the half. And they tried to let him do it for a play. And he almost threw a pick six. So then they had to take a knee. Yeah. 
They don't. Like, it's like, dude, you're 26. Come your on, your coach still clearly doesn't trust you. And I understand now how people feel about Alabama. I really do because I'm starting to feel that way towards Georgia. I'm starting to see these breaks. I promise you one thing, and I'll let you go because I need some water. <laughs> if that was Alabama playing Ohio State, I believe that kicker makes it right down the middle. Ohio State's kicker. But instead, it's Georgia, and he misses the kick by 30 yards. Yeah, it wasn't even – and again – C.J. Stroud, comment on this. C.J. Stroud, a lot of people had didn't have a lot of respect for him before the game. Dude is legit. Yeah, the dude's legit. Yeah, he 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 lit up, and we and we and we called it. We said if it would not surprise us if this Ohio State team just lights up this defense because they Ohio, or Georgia has not seen an offense with this skill level. The closest would be Tennessee, but even then. Tennessee don't have Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably better than Hyde and Cedric Tillman combined. Yeah. I mean, he's the dog. And I called the game 41-30, 41-38 Georgia. Final score was 42-41, so we were both right there. Yeah, I think right we were it. both right around that. Um, yeah, I mean, C.J. Stroud, 348 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and they only rushed. 119 yards. They only averaged 3.7 yards per carry. So, did it with zero running game. Georgia averaged 5.2 yards per carry. Um, so, they had a running game to help. Stay. And, yeah, you know, I know everybody like, you know, oh, the underdog. But, again, it's like, dude, you're 20. That would be like a 21-year-old going back to high school <laughs> and, and, like, being good and, and flexing on these high school kids. It's like, no, well, you're 26. I'm probably half the NFL is – your age or younger. Let's put it like this. I mean, seriously, let's put it like this. If you were in a – because you got to do things in kids, in terms of kids. If you said we're having a football league and we're letting 8- and 12-year-olds play in this league, 18 to 22, let's do 8 to 12. But we're going to allow one 16-year-old who is not as talented as other 16-year-olds, but he's still 16 years old. We're going to let him play on a team. And he's just out there dogging everybody. I mean, that's what you got. And everybody's like, you know, I see flashes of Tom Brady. Really? I mean, give me yeah. a freaking break. The dude is 26 years old. He, I mean, I, I hope he's learned some stuff. He's been in college for eight years. <laughs> he's, how, 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 it's been seven years. It is seven years he's been in college. I mean, but I know he went like maybe Juco. And then this is to, how long he's been in college. You want to know? After the game, what he said? He said, this is the craziest, games I've, craziest game I have been in besides the 2017 Rose Bowl. He's been that's, in That's back when Make, Baker, Mayfield Baker Mayfield was, was, was the, quarterback the quarterback in Oklahoma. And, and, at Oklahoma. And uh, I don't know who the quarterback at Georgia was. Maybe Jake Fromm? Yeah, Jake Fromm. And it sounds like I'm hating on Georgia. It's because I absolutely am. I'm sick of it. Listen, Kirby... Give him all the credit. He called a timeout, and a lot of people are maybe blowing it out of the water. One of the greatest timeouts I've ever seen. Yeah, that was a good. Somebody call. obviously upstairs saw that Georgia didn't have enough men over there, so he ran in there, called a timeout. Ohio State was running a fake punt, would have got it. Another thing I want to say: Georgia, stop. Ohio State didn't have their top two running backs. They had a receiver playing running back. Their tight end gets hurt. Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't even play. Mar- then you take out Marvin Harrison. So they're stuck with their third and their set their fourth best receiver. Still talented, but they're not as good as 
Marvin Harrison, or Jackson Smith and Jigba. Top two running backs out, tight ends out. Give me a break. Yeah, they hadn't beaten anybody at their full strength uh, in a meaningful game in the past couple of years. But, you know, again, that's part of the game. Um, injuries are part of the game. You have to adjust. Kirby is a phenomenal coach. Um, but, yeah, he clearly doesn't trust his – doesn't fully trust his 26-year-old. Because, <laughs> like you said, he basically called him immature. He said, we want to see if our quarterback could show some maturity, and he didn't. So that's why we took a knee with 40 seconds to go in the half instead of trying to go score. So he's basically calling his 26-year-old quarterback immature and needs to grow up. Um, so that that was interesting. But moving on to the national championship game. <clears throat> TCU, it, where is the game being played at? Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Rams. So, yeah, the Rams Stadium. So TCU versus Georgia. The spread is 13. Georgia's favored by 13 and a half. So let's just say two touchdowns. Georgia's favored by two touchdowns. Uh, I don't think Georgia has any injuries except for maybe Washington, Darnell Washington, the big tight end. Yeah. I think they might have another. Yeah, they had some white boy get hurt, but I'm not sure what he really played. Maybe just special team. <laughs> yeah, a gunner or something. So let me ask how overmatched is TCU? And then also a second, do they. When you talk about that, do they do they do they legit have a chance to beat Georgia? Well, everybody's got a chance. Any given that's the saying, any given day. I think when you got a guy like Stetson Bennett playing quarterback, you got a chance. And here's why. This is how big of a dog TCU is. TCU is projected to be the seventh pick to win the Big Twelve. <coughs> TCU didn't even have a get it one. AP top 25 vote. Their starting quarterback, Max Duggan, wasn't even the starter at the beginning of the year. They're extremely outmatched. Georgia's got the most talented roster in the whole college football. But how do you beat Georgia? It is a proven formula the last two years. A good quarterback and a great receiver. Quentin Johnson, I hope you got your bubble wrap because Georgia's probably going to try to hurt you. You're probably you're probably going to end up getting hurt. Let's just put it out there. You'll probably end up getting hurt. It, I don't know how. You may slip on the toilet or something. You'll probably end up getting hurt. Max Duggan, he can run the ball. And that's one thing C.J. Stroud did. He ran the ball when Georgia got out of their lanes. I think he can maybe do that, and I'll let you take over. Yeah, um, like you said – TCU does have a chance because they're in the game. Um, and let me Ohio State had a better chance had a better chance than I think TCU. But TCU had a lot of fight in them versus Michigan, and they're gonna bring that same underdog mindset because they are a huge underdog, even more so than they were versus Michigan. Can I say TCU has a way better defense than Ohio State. Ohio State is abysmal on defense. I mean, they really are. The thing about it is TCU runs a 3-3-5 stack. And the book on that is you run the football to get them out of it. TCU has a great secondary, one of the top secondaries in the country. They have the Jim Thorpe Award winner, LaDainian Thomason's nephew. Did you know that? Yeah. He's really good. TCU impressed me against Michigan. They were super physical. 
I can see TCU covering this spread. The first quarter will tell a lot. Like I said, the first quarter against Michigan, TCU is going to tell me a lot. TCU showed me something. They're not going to quit fighting. They're going to fight their tails off. We're going to record, I guess, the day after the national championship, so I'll give a pick. I got Georgia winning this game 30, 38 to 38 30. Maybe TCU scores a late touchdown. Yeah, 38 30. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see TCU win just because of the whole underdog. Because, again, at the beginning of the season, they weren't projected to do anything. Definitely not even make the playoffs or be a top team at all, but for sure not to make the national championship. Um, it, it's going to take a – I just don't know if they have enough in them, you know, over the course of four quarters. Um, it would take it would take Georgia playing, having some uncharacteristic errors. Yeah, Georgia – Absolutely, Georgia's got to play like Michigan did. They got to have some big sixes and stuff. Yeah, way. some uncharacteristic errors. Um, the receiver Quentin Johnson has to have a huge game, or at least draw some attention to where other guys can have you know big games. Max Duggan, Dugan, however you say his name, Max Duggan, is going to have to have a big game. But I just don't know if in the end if it's enough. Because again, um, I, I don't know. If, I don't think obviously would you, not. Would you like to see it happen? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably like to see it. I mean, just oh, absolutely. The, you don't want Jordan. Yeah, no. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just a uh, you know underdog like that. I mean, it's probably what. It's the biggest underdog. It's the biggest yeah. underdog, yeah, of course, in the playoffs. Since the in the playoffs yeah, for, sure. for sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, national championship was a high state Georgia for sure. I mean, TCU could do it. They, they might need an onside kick. They might need a fake punt. They might need a well, trick play here or there. Here's something I thought about. That game. Sets a minute mentioned, 2017, Oklahoma-Georgia. That was a double-overtime game, shootout, 48-47. Offensive mind in Oklahoma, Lincoln-Riley. His brother's offense coordinator at TCU, little Lincoln, Gary Riley. I got a feeling they're probably working together, obviously, to come up with a game plan. Possibly. Of course they are. I mean, there's no doubt because – the game is being played in Los Angeles. Who coaches in Los Angeles? Lincoln Riley. I will be curious to see the game plan. TCU has to run the football. And that's another thing. And Ohio T- State didn't run it great, but you got to make them respect it. Yeah. TCU uh, running back went down, the number one running back. He's good. He's very good. I don't know. We'll see if he's able to come back. Yeah, he's got to give it a go. I think it was a sprained ankle, so maybe he'll be right. Yeah. Shoot him up and you got to um, score. Yeah, yeah, I'll go. I mean, I, you know, you like to see the underdog story play out. I just don't think it's going to be enough. Um, again, because of Michigan's, I mean, two pick sixes, fumbled right at the goal line, and yet they still were within, what was it, six points, something like that. Um, yeah, six. I just don't know if, I don't think TCU can hang with them for. The, the full length of the – so I'm going to go – I mean, I still think they put up oh, 31 points, but I think Georgia maybe 41, 31 Georgia. So you got a 10-point game? Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe I'm just picking what I want to see happen. I think if you're a college football fan, you couldn't have watched TCU play against Michigan and say that you wasn't impressed, that you didn't have a better train of thought. TCU, spread them out, 
run it. And let's be smart about this. And the one thing I saw Ohio State do, they're an up-tempo team, but you got to pick your spots. Because if you just go up-tempo, 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 you're going to kill your defense. You're going to wear them out. Try to eat some clock. If Look, if you hit a shot play, of course, run up-tempo, try to get a quick – if you got them tired and everything. But other than that, you know, play slow. They love shot plays. You got to hit some shot plays. You got whatever Ohio because Ohio State had Jalen Carter, the big D lineman oh, for Georgia. Gassed. He was gas. He was sucking yeah, he wind. Was, he was like Jordan Davis. Um, yeah, he wasn't. He was. He wasn't on the field a, a ton as far as at a hundred percent because he was. He, he was gas for sure. Yeah. So best of luck to TCU. I'd love to see it. We'll put a story out there to see if everybody thinks TCU cover the spread or if they have a chance to win. But I appreciate everybody listening. A little bit different episode tonight. Steven, a lot of fun. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Tim's Corner Sports Talk. We're on Twitter and Instagram. We're about to get a TikTok here very, very shortly. You'll get to see our lovely faces. But until next week, after the National Championship, see you. See you.